You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Yes, Mariner's Pod is back. Thanks for being here once again. We're on our new Monday-Thursday schedule, our first week of it. We're breaking it in. And uh, it worked out pretty great because the Mariners had a thrilling win last night. George Kirby was fantastic. A walk-off win. The Mariners a 7-3 and homestand. And now they turn their attention to the Texas Rangers coming up this weekend. The Angels in the mix and the Padres for two games between the two with uh, three off days, including today, sprinkled in. So kind of a weird stretch of schedule, but... Pretty big series coming up against Texas this weekend. Coming up on this podcast, we'll quickly talk about what happened last night. And part of what happened last night, Justin Topa pitched a pretty big 10th inning. And we're going to hear from Justin Topa. It's a great story. He has been through a lot to get to where he is right now. And he's been a huge contributor for the Mariners out of the bullpen. So it's a conversation I think you really enjoy. And it's pretty amazing everything that he has done to get here and contribute in the way he has. In the meantime, and last night belonged to George Kirby, pitching against the Yankees, the team he grew up just down the road, his team growing up, and he was lights out, eight shutout innings against the Bronx Bombers. The windup and the one-two on the way, swing and a miss, strike three and a fastball, down goes Higashioka, that is strikeout number seven, for George Kirby. He has been absolutely sensational tonight here at home against the Yankees. Kirby was awesome. Uh, the bullpen took over. Seawald and Topa, they did their jobs, and that set the table for heroics. Cal Raleigh, the second walk-off. Mariners had not had a walk-off heading into this homestand. Second walk-off of the homestand. Now the pitch. Swing, line drive, right field, this should do it. Caballero's coming to third base, and he can crawl home. This is all the way up to the wall, and Cal Raleigh wins it in the 10th inning for the Mariners. One to nothing, the Mariners take down the Yankees tonight in Seattle. It was pretty fun on the field after the game. Shannon had a chance to catch up with Julio. I am down here right now with Julio Rodriguez. And Julio, two walk-offs in four days. That's got to feel really good for this team. Oh, for sure, for sure. I feel like this team is definitely putting things together and working. We've been working really, really hard. So it's been fun to get some wins, especially like this. Let's go! (laughs) We just saw, oh, Cal Raleigh. Not one, but two ice buckets, and you jumped up on Ty France's back coming off of the field. Yeah, I mean, we're having fun. We're having fun here. We always want to win, and it's always good to finish it off like this. <laughs> uh, you like celebrating the success of others. I do. Oh, and there's Ty France. Okay, water bottle. <laughs> I think we're safe now. Yeah, we're good. We're good. George Kirby out there tonight. What did you see from him early in the day? I mean, he looked determined. And now to Oscar Hernandez, we're getting the full cooler full of everything that's out there. Now you got red, you got pink, you got everything going. Okay, what did you see from George Kirby? I mean, he was not afraid. He was going right, right about us, and like that's what you love to see. No, he he was no fear. He was if you want to hit, 
you're going to hear my best stuff. And it was fun to watch. And it was definitely fun to be able to get the win. You know, at the end of the day, uh, I know he didn't get the win, but at the same time, we definitely appreciate his effort. And he knows that we were out there to give our all for him, too. Looks like he's a lot of fun to play before. No fear with you heading into the wall to catch that ball in the seventh inning. What did you see in that, and how did you get there? Uh, I mean, I was trying to make a play. You know, he, he's been putting his effort, and I guess, like, I just wanted to add on with my defense. You know, if, it, if it's either hitting or defense, I always want to help my, my team out. So it was fun to go out there and, like, just make a play for him, too. It's been fun to watch you this whole homestand. What do you want to take from these last couple of weeks? Uh, just keep on going. Keep the momentum going and keep getting some doubts on the road now. All right, you need to go get a towel. Thank uh, you, Julio. Sure. That's Julio Rodriguez there. I will send it back to you guys. So on an off day today, Mariners will fly to Texas. The Rangers 35-20 and 20 on the season. First place in the West. The second-best record in the American League, plus 131 run differential. That's incredible. That's the best in baseball, and it shapes up like this. Luis Castillo, the ball in Game 1. John Gray for Texas. It's a 5.05 first pitch on Friday. Marco in Game 2. Andrew Heaney, that's a 105. And then Bryce Miller, again, Nathan Ovaldi has been awesome so far this year. 11.35 on Sunday, so very interesting three-game series coming up. In the meantime, Justin Topa, a big night last night. Topa comes set at the chest. The right-hander's 3-2. Swing and a miss! He tied him up in a knot! A two-seamer bearing it on his knuckles! Justin Topa, a strikeout of Cordero. And that ends the top of the 10th inning. <laughs> that is big-time pitching. And he's been critical to the Mariners in their bullpen this year. He's got a great story to tell. Aaron and I had a chance to catch up with the Mariners reliever. Justin, it's wonderful to spend some time with you. You have a remarkable story. You're off to a tremendous start as a Mariner. What have your early days in the big leagues with the Mariners been like for you so far? It's been awesome. Uh, it's been a great transition. Uh, first getting traded over here. Knew a couple guys coming into camp. Uh, obviously played with Colton and Trevor uh, with Milwaukee. And then Cooper Hummel played double-A with uh, Nottingham down in Tacoma, played with him with the, the Brewers as well. So there was some familiarity with a few of the guys, um, but everybody's been great. It's been a great transition, and I absolutely love it. Brewers Northwest. I guess I yeah. hadn't made all those connections <laughs> until just now. You're right. There have been a lot of them. There are many guys who have had multiple Tommy Johns to pitch and pitch effectively in the major leagues. Let's talk about that for you. Your first came in college? Yep. Yep, 20, ooh, 20, dating myself, 2011, I believe, was the first one, yeah. I mean, Tommy John is such a common thing for a guy in your line of work, and we know that nearly everyone comes back healthy, and sometimes they pitch better, right? But you're a college kid, and you find out that you have to get Tommy John. What was that like for you? Yeah, it was definitely tough. Um, you know, it was the season that I ended up having, 2011, was – actually one of the better seasons that uh, LIU Brooklyn has had in, in a long time. Um, so I found out literally it was our, our last regular season game that I had thrown in, um, felt something. And it was definitely uh, definitely a tough pill to swallow, um, you know, missing out on going into the uh, conference tournament. You know, we lost a few games there toward the end, but it was definitely tough, especially, like you said, as a college kid, you know, obviously academics, everything involved, and then boom, you're going to be out for 12 plus months was, was definitely difficult. 
And the second, were you a minor leaguer with the Pirates? Yep. Yeah, so 2015. When you find out that you have to have the procedure again, are, what's your thought? Yeah, that was uh, that was definitely tough because that one was it was weird. That was a little different. Um, you know, the f the first one I threw one pitch that I kind of knew. The second one was more so like I was throwing. Velocity was down just a little bit, but it was more so like lower forearm tightness. And went through all the tests and stuff like that. Everything came back positive. Got an MRI, and that's when everything was shown that it was actually uh, UCL tear. And at the time, they said partial uh, flexor tear as well. But I had all only heard or felt like flexor stuff at that point. Um, so that was, yeah, another you know, whirlwind of a, a conversation. Um, at the time, I was like, okay, career's probably over. Uh, I, I was an older guy, college guy. But at the same time, you know, I'd always wanted to play for professional baseball. So I kind of was like, you know what, did the rehab once. If they want to take me through it again, and, and you know, I'm going to go through it and, and do the best I can and see what happens. Given all that you went through and all that you've been through in your career, what does it mean to you now, not only in the major leagues, but – you're in high leverage roles. You're thriving. What, what does it mean to you to be here? Yeah, it's, it's, it's awesome. Um, it's a culmination of a lot of hard work from, you know, and help from a lot of people. Um, I've had a lot of trainers over the years um, that I still talk to to this day, you know, whether it be with Milwaukee or Pittsburgh. I still talk to those guys. A lot of fancy football leagues, uh, rehab leagues, <laughs> I'm in, in with those guys. So, um, you know, there's a lot of communication. But, you know, being with those guys every day and them more so, you know, pushing me to get through, like you said, after – finding out the first one's hard enough but the second one is like this is draining um just to be able to to be around those people and have the encouragement throughout has, has been huge nathan avaldi is the first name that pops into my mind of a guy who's had multiple tommy johns who is thriving in, in the major leagues and he's even more unique since he's a starter when you found out that you needed the procedure a second time was there a, a network of guys who've had who went through it twice that you were able to maybe be introduced to for the first time and find out, hey, what is this like? Uh, not really, not at the time. I didn't really talk to, to many guys. I knew of a few guys um, that had had two. Um, it's actually ironic now, after the fact, I, I know multiple guys that have had two. Uh, you know, Drew Rasmussen uh, was with the Brewers, now with the, the Rays. So we kind of, you know, we had a little conversation about that the first time we met, um, you know, a small selective group of us to be <laughs> two timers. But um, <laughs> so it, it's funny, like after the fact, I, I've met a lot more people that I've had to, um, but not right at the fact, uh, right when I found out. You have a club you should get? Yeah, yeah. Or something. <laughs> you need your own trident. Yeah, right. <laughs> the, the TJ trident. <laughs> exactly. Given the injuries, what you're doing now as a pitcher, how much have you changed from when you started this journey in the minor leagues to where you are now? Yeah, it's been a big transition, especially after the first one. The first one, my mechanics were kind of all over the place. Mm. Um, I didn't really up until up until college. Like my I went to college as a pitcher, and that was the first time pitching full time. I played middle infield uh, in high school, and then committed to college. And yes, you're you're enormous. How are you yeah. in middle infield? <laughs> 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 I wasn't very good, so I had to tra transition somewhere. <laughs> but uh, but no, yeah. So you know, going into college. I don't know. It, it's it's been a lot of transition, just getting used to pitching again uh, after the fact of surgery, and then changing mechanically a few different things. Um, and then when I was released in 2017 by the Pirates, it was kind of like a little overhaul. Like, okay, let's let's kind of go back to square one. Why did I get drafted? You know, what got me drafted, and, and how can we tweak things and and continue to to build on that? You know, it's one thing I would think 
to go through that type of adversity if you have been to the major leagues and you had a big league track record and you'd, you'd had the taste and you'd had the success. But for you to go through all that before reaching the major leagues seems like it adds a whole other layer of complexity to the whole thing. And at one point, I mean, you went to Indie Ball. Mm-hmm. Yep. I want to make sure I get the team right here, Justin. <laughs> Uh, you were pitching in a league that, I'll be honest, I did not know still existed. The it does now. Okay. <laughs> yeah. The Canadian-American League? Yep. The Rockland Boulders? Correct, yeah. Does Rockland, is Rockland known for? I mean, I guess Rockland Boulders, Boulders. That's, that's the idea. Yeah, yeah. so they, uh, they're now the New York Boulders, and the league is now, I believe, the American Association. They kind of merged. Um, but, yeah, the, when I was there, there was three teams in New York, New Jersey, and three up here in Canada, um, Ottawa, Quebec, and uh, Trois Rivières, and Ooh. yeah, so it was a little, it was nice. a little, uh, oui, oui. yeah, <laughs> it was a little crazy there. Like I'd never thought I'd play indie ball. Um, and then after rehabbing for almost two full years, uh, and then getting released, it was like, you know, I was pretty content with, with not playing anymore. I was just kind of over just the game of baseball, going through all the injuries and all that. And then uh, a guy I was drafted with, um, called me, I was like, Hey, I'm playing indie ball. Like our manager is looking for some pitching. You want to play? So I called him. He was like, all right, we'll circle back. And I'd still tell, tell uh, the manager to this day, I was like, I was hoping you weren't going to call back. Like, I was content without playing anymore. <laughs> but uh, I mean, you were, 20, you were me 27. Back. Yep, yep. Yeah, so he ended up calling me back. And then I guess the rest is history. I went there and, and pitched well. So if you don't get that phone call, like, this never happens. You oh, for you sure, yeah. Play. Yeah, definitely. Wow. I, uh, yeah, wow. I was, even after, after that 2017 season playing my first year in indie ball, I was like, okay, I'm – this is probably it ever since then i was like you know one year at a time type thing it was like all right this is my last year plan just go out have fun see what happens had a good year in 17 didn't get picked up all right well let's see what happens in 18 start the year in indie ball then get picked up by the rangers for half a season and then uh minor league free agent and signed with milwaukee but when did you feel like in that time frame that this could actually happen for you uh i think really probably in 2019 i had a pretty good year that was my first year like fully invested as a reliever mm-hmm. um i had been back and forth as a starter and a reliever prior but never hey this is my role um so 2019 being healthy again throwing the ball well and having some success in double a that was my first year first full year in double a and i was like okay maybe this is an opportunity you know maybe there's a chance here and then you know the next year obviously COVID happened um going into camp it was it was like all right you know maybe get to triple a and, yeah. and kind of see what happens and then COVID happens like well, <laughs> so this might yeah. be it again because <laughs> I never got invited to uh, to like the the secondary spring training and all that. So I was like, okay, maybe you know maybe this isn't in the in the cards. And then all of a sudden, got a phone call, go to the alt site, and a month or uh, pretty much a month later, I was making my debut. So wow, there must have been numerous times where you began to think about your life after baseball and what you would do for a career. What what would you have done? Uh, I went to school for economics. So economics, accounting, so probably something in finance. Um, I now I, I would say probably like real estate. Uh, me and my wife had bought a house in 2019, um, and we kind of did a little fixer-upper thing. So that was kind of cool to me. Uh, so probably probably something in that. So part of your story is the pitching ninja. Yep. Rob Freeman, who is the, the most famous internet pitching guy when it comes to just glorifying the great things that pitchers do. There was a a video or a tweet of you basically throwing a a bullpen. Yep. 
Rob got a hold of this. Walk us through the whole thing and how this also helped kind of change your trajectory. Yeah, so earlier in that offseason, I had thrown for the Brewers um, and a few other teams, but specifically the Brewers. And it was kind of like, all right, you know, we're interested. Just let us know where you're going to play this year, and we'll kind of keep it going, keep in contact. Um, and then fast forward, all of the guys, the pro guys um, that were in affiliated ball had left for spring training. And it was me and one other, other guy that were going to play indie ball. And uh, we just show up on a Friday. It was raining out, and Harvard was happening. They happened to play Penn, uh, University of Penn, and they got rained out. So they were working out at our facility. So our pitching guy was like, hey, would you mind having some of your freshmen or whoever, if anybody that needs at-bats, do live at-bats today? We have two guys going to play indie ball, haven't faced hitters in a while. So I go out there. Uh, actually, my buddy threw the top, top of the inning, and I threw the bottom, and I was like 97 to 99, and I was like, I don't know what this is. <laughs> it's coming out of nowhere. Um, but, but yeah, so ended up putting together a little highlight reel type thing, put it on Twitter, and within, you know, five, six hours, there was about 30,000 views, and it was retweeted wow. by Pitching Ninja. And um, literally that happened, and then the next morning the, the Bruce, local Brewer Scout called and was like, hey, we're, we're ready to – <laughs> to move forward so <laughs> i was on a flight two days later to, to arizona <laughs> the next morning yeah the next morning they reached out they're like hey you know we saw the video i had obviously sent them the, the information too but um yeah it was quick it was very quick well first of all were you just blowing the doors off of these ivy league guys <laughs> yeah it was uh <laughs> 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 I, was, I don't know i don't know what it was that day I just woke up feeling feeling pretty good and uh yeah so did did you create this video and publicize it? Did your agent do this? Uh, no. So it was actually the our pitching guy, George Zirkel, at the time, um, back home. He kind of just threw it together with some of the data, Rapsodo data, and just put it out. Uh, we had a few guys that were free agents, so we kind of had done that throughout the offseason. So he kind of just did like a little minute and a half clip of some pitches and some at-bats and stuff like that. And, yep, got in the right hands. <laughs> Aaron mentioned your size. You played hockey in high school? I did. I did. Yeah, I played uh, a couple years. Uh, actually, my last year was sophomore year, freshman year. Uh, I had broken my wrist, and I haven't stepped on the ice since. So. <laughs> <laughs> Justin, this has been so great. Thank you so much for the time. Yeah, no problem. No problem at all. Thank you, guys.